What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the show. It is time for another episode of the Politics and Punk Rock Podcast. I am Andrew for America. And today, people, I'm going to jump around. I'm going to get out my seat and jump around. Jump around. (laughs) I'm going to jump around to a lot of different topics today. I'm going to kind of do the news. I'm going to kind of do like some current events. And then I'm going to do some more quotes and thoughts. Brief little stories. Bring you up to speed on where things are in certain areas of the news quote-unquote, and the history of intelligent minds who said smart things that we should probably revisit and listen to and internalize and learn from and grow and become better tomorrow than you were today. You know. So... The first thing I want to tell you guys, this is hilarious. So I was checking out Jocko Willink, uh, his page, his Facebook page, and he posted something about reading Orwell's 1984 and Animal Farm and Brave New World. And he made a comment, uh, what's next? You know, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to uh, increase my, the size of my library. And he's trying to He's trying to do some reading. He's trying to gain some knowledge and wisdom. So I commented. I was like, oh, dude, you got to go check out these three books. And this is what I said. And I didn't even, I didn't even say, all I did was post the titles of these books, people. Okay. I didn't set it up. I didn't throw my two cents in. I didn't uh, show any bias or favoring of one stupid political party over the other, right? I didn't do any of that. I literally just posted the book titles to answer Jocko Willing's question, what should I read next? So here's what I, I typed. Extraordinary Popular Delusions and the Madness of Crowds by Charles McKay. Confessions of an Economic Hitman by John Perkins. And Tragedy and Hope by Carol Quigley. And guess what happened? Never in a million years would I have expected to get on my phone and bring up the Facebook app a couple days later only to see that my comments recommending books on Jocko Willing's Facebook page were flagged for being um, unacceptable content in violation of the community standards (laughs) just for posting book titles. Maybe they're forbidden books. Maybe they're banned books. Maybe the powers that be are really, really big fans of censorship. Maybe they love these big tech giants and the systems of control, even more systems of control that they've rolled out, this technological 
coming new world where the aristocracy makes the tech and the tech is intended to control you, me, all of us. That's the future. And I found this little this little piece that I wanted to read to you guys. Um, I mean, I got censored on Facebook for recommending books, people. Okay? That's the world we're living in. All right? Censorship is definitely a thing. The control of certain information and the disseminating or not disseminating of certain information people there's a concerted <coughs> excuse me there's a concerted effort to control information because there's a concerted effort to control your mind i was recently reading uh, Gerald Massey, I think he was a English poet, uh, songwriter, lyricist of old. And one of his quotes is one of my favorite quotes. And I think this quote actually opens the zeitgeist videos. They must find it difficult. Those who have taken authority as the truth rather than truth as the authority. There's a lot of wisdom in that quote by Gerald Massey. Here's a little truth. Remember Zbigniew Brzezinski people talked about on a previous show? Quote, it is easier to kill a million people than to control a million people. <laughs> so this is a little uh, analytical piece by a guy named G. Edward Griffin. This is from uh, August 29th, 2009. And I'm going to read this to you. And I want you guys to be thinking about how you can take um, something out of context and make it seem like it's about something completely different when you clip people's words and go make news stories out of them, okay? So just listen to this little piece, and then I'm going to comment on it afterwards, okay? On November 17th, 2008, Zbigniew Brzezinski, a New World Order architect and founder of the Rockefeller-controlled Trilateral Commission, addressed Chatham House, the British counterpart of the American Council on Foreign Relations. <laughs> Does that ring a bell? And said, quote, I once put it rather pungently, and I was flattered that the British Foreign Secretary repeated this as follows. Namely, in early times, it was easier to control a million people. Literally, it was easier to control a million people than it was to physically kill a million people. Today it is infinitely easier to kill a million people than it is to control a million people. It is easier to kill 
than to control in this new world order that is upon us. When this statement arrived on the internet a few months later, it was widely circulated with shock and alarm. It certainly was an attention-getter, and it was assumed by many to be proof that Brzezinski and his fellow New World Order elitists were calling for the killing of millions of people. Fortunately, some of the news sources carried a link to the audio recording of his full speech, so it was possible to listen to his entire presentation to see if he really did say what was attributed to him. Unfortunately, not many of the internet dispatchers took the time to listen to the full speech. If they had, they would have realized that Brzezinski was merely making an honest and accurate assessment of a historical fact. Like it or not, in modern times, in modern times, it is easier to kill than it is to control millions of people. So why all the hoopla? That, however, is not the end of the story. When we carefully listen to the rest of his speech, we realize Brzezinski is saying that control of the masses is the real objective of the New World Order. And he is lamenting the fact that it is so difficult now that almost every nation and culture has become politically aware. He recalls those days gone by when this was not so, when the masses neither knew nor cared about politics and could be controlled simply by force of arms and economic coercion. Under those conditions, controlling people was easier, he says. Now, however, when almost everyone believes they should participate in their own political destiny via the vote, the process has become much more difficult. He is, of course, entirely correct in that assessment. Although he did not elaborate, he could have continued by reminding this elite audience of facts they knew so well that now it also is necessary to control the media, the educational system, the leadership of all major political parties, and even the systems by which ballots are counted in order to keep the masses content with the illusion of determining their own political destiny. He devoted the balance of his speech primarily to the concept that the United States should and will continue to be the leader among nations in the solving of all international problems, including economic problems, but also within the context of strengthening global governance, and building a global monetary system. It was the CFR and the Chatham House mantra that is the norm for such gatherings. The norm. This is what they normally talk about. Goals that they want to achieve. Problems that they want to solve. They're not keeping 
it a secret, my fellow Americans. And they weren't keeping it a secret in the past. It's just that we were less politically aware. We were less aware in general. We can talk shit about the internet all we want, but the internet did illuminate a lot of feeble, naive, gullible, ignorant American minds. The interconnection of modern-day mass communications and media and how it's manipulated and controlled in order to achieve goals, very specific goals. It's just the world we're living in now, people. And thank whatever God it is you pray to that we as a people are becoming more aware, politically and otherwise. Even though Brzezinski is not here calling for the killing of a million people, when he does discuss that option, there is a remarkable coldness about his words, though. Like all collectivists, he is academically dispassionate when it comes to the sacrifice of human life. Let me read that again. Like all collectivists, he is academically dispassionate when it comes to the sacrifice of human life and freedom so long as it can be theorized to be for the greater good of society or in this case, perhaps, the new world order. Lots to think about, lots to unpack from that little written work. It talks about context. It talks about getting the story right, getting the story straight, having a desire to seek truth so that you can retell reality to others in hopes of exercising your reason, which means that you have to have the best intention of the whole in mind. Your intention is to inform everybody so that we can all have knowledge and wisdom to make educated, critically analyzed decisions. People, what are we doing? <laughs> oh boy. Uh, Secretary, Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen uh, recently gave a little speech. And she said that uh, one of the plans they're looking at is decarbonizing entire economies. There's that decarbonizing uh, word again, or the reduction of carbon, in other words. When you hear that, people, you should think of you. The carbon that they're trying to get rid of is our human beings. There's too many of us. The resources are going away and the population is going away. And if you read the books Ishmael and the Story of B by Daniel Quinn, you're going to know exactly what I'm talking about. As soon as the uh, agricultural monopoly and tyranny that we human beings have held over 
all other life forms on this planet for many, many years, the leavers and the takers, if you will. You'll know what I'm referring to if you've read those books. People, a small group of very wealthy, world-planning internationalists who want to create a new world order with control via the United Nations and the World Economic Forum. This is real life happening in the here and now in the world that you and I live in together. Like it or not. Whether or not you like reality does not matter. It is irrelevant. Your opinion on the topic is irrelevant. If you want to exercise your intellectual honesty, that means taking responsibility for reality. And what's the reality? These things are happening in the world, the real world, right now. Did you hear um, government, uh, governor, 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 God, I can't talk today. Governor Abbott from Texas is legit busing illegal aliens to Washington, (laughs) D.C. Have you seen this? And then uh, Florida Governor DeSantis apparently chimed in and said, uh, don't come south and uh, come to Florida from D.C. <laughs> Everyone has an opinion on a problem until that problem lands on their doorstep, right? It's all uh, uh, trans- you know, pass the buck, transfer responsibility. Sad state of affairs. Can't have freedom without responsibility, people. Got to be responsible. You got to be a mature adult. You have to grow and persevere and achieve goals. I don't know what we're doing. I don't know if anybody cares anymore. Did we all just give up? Like, what are we doing? I don't get it. All right, let's move on. Uh, I wanted to run this by you guys as well. So a few shows back, I talked uh, about the book, The Coddling of the American Mind. And one of the authors of that book is a social psychologist by the name of Jonathan Haidt. And he just wrote a piece or was interviewed, I think, whatever it was in The Atlantic. And he said this, quote, The dart guns of social media give more power to trolls and provocateurs while silencing good citizens. It has both magnified and weaponized the frivolous, unquote. And I love that because think about what I mean, what I just meant by that previous story about context. Things that you think are good might also be bad. There's positives and negatives to everything, right? Social media is doing very good things, but it's also doing very bad things. And it's a scary, scary time to be alive when we're all just trying to navigate this increasingly surveilled police state controlled tech dominated world we're trying to figure out how to keep our humanity 
This is why people are, are losing their minds. This is why mental illness is such an issue. Because people, it's not, you know, the American dream is dead. This isn't the promised land. Some people would describe modern day America and what's coming to this country as hell on earth. Jonathan Haidt uh, continues, social media has dissolved the mortar of our society and made America stupid. For a while, it had the potential to do otherwise. In the first decade of the new century, social media was widely believed to be a boon to democracy. What dictator could impose his will on an interconnected citizenry? What regime could build a wall to keep out the internet? Hate rights. But over the past 10 years, social media has done the opposite and has broken us apart. Social scientists have identified at least three major forces that collectively bind together successful democracies. Hate explains they are social capital, extensive social networks with high levels of trust, strong institutions, and shared stories. Social media has weakened all three. So what is he talking about? He's talking about culture, social capital. He's talking about the perpetuation of culture, institutions. And he's talking about shared stories, a religion, or a common belief system of some sort. That's how democracies thrive. That's how rule by the many exists. You got to participate in your society. Social capital strong institutions, and shared stories. Okay? Think about that. If you got to write that down, write that down. Very important. By rewiring everything in a headlong rush for growth with a naive conception of human psychology, little understanding of the intricacy of institutions, and no concern for external costs imposed on society, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and a few other large platforms unwittingly dissolved the mortar of trust, belief in institutions, and shared stories that had held a large and diverse secular democracy together. Ooh. That's his thesis. That's the whole that sentence is the whole story right there. Hate argues that the link in our uh, he argues at the link in our bio, the dark guns of social media give more power to trolls and provocateurs while silencing good citizens. We cannot accept we cannot expect, rather, Congress and the tech companies to save us. We must change ourselves and our communities. I love it. Go read Jonathan Hate's work. H-A-I-D-T. Hate. Not H-A-T-E. It's not Jonathan Hate like he hates everyone. <laughs> H-A-I-D-T. Jonathan Hate. Okay? Moving on. Uh, this is a little bit more of a sinister story, but I wanted to share this because it themes up with my show pretty damn well. Leaked opinion 
of the commission sets off alarm bells for mass surveillance of private communications. A newly revealed opinion of a European Commission review board about their own colleagues' upcoming proposal for a legislation to effectively tackle child sexual abuse. I've been over this before. Perfect scapegoat for more surveillance. Shows strong concerns with the legislative proposal. Leaked by French media outlet Contexte yesterday, March 22nd, and dated February 15, 2022, the opinion confirms the fears that EDRI and 39 other civil society groups recently raised about the proposal which could destroy the integrity of private online communications across the European Union and set a dangerous precedent for the world. Earlier this year, EDRI warned via our chat control 10 principles that generalized monitoring would amount to undemocratic and unlawful mass surveillance. People, I've been talking about this stuff for years, and I continue to find stories in the here and now that continue to illustrate and strengthen and validate my always consistent points. Listen. EDRI recommended instead that all interventions into people's confidential chats are targeted based on reasonable suspicion, (laughs) judicial warrants, and proper safeguards in line with European Union fundamental rights law. (laughs) Because there's no way around those laws, right? With the flick of a pen, it can all change, people. That's why you need principles. That's why you need the written word in a constitution. A statement of the situation, the way it shall be, and the way it will continue. And any usurpations or alterations or colluding and conspiring that try to effect that written bond, that Bill of Rights, that Constitution, that government that perpetrates that action is to be immediately overthrown by the people. This is how it's supposed to be here in the United States. Okay? I know I'm talking about the EU here, but the same philosophies and politics apply here at home. Okay? Furthermore, we caution the Commission not to weaken, undermine, or circumvent Encryption. Encryption is vital to protect everything from online shopping to national security. And some of the world's leading cybersecurity experts recently warned that forcing the scanning of encrypted environments neither guarantees efficacious crime prevention nor prevents surveillance. Indeed, the effect is the opposite. What's more, the opinion indicates that the draft law would also require this generalized monitoring to be done, not just for material that has been assessed by authorities authorities, <laughs> to ensure that it is unlawful, but also to search for unknown images, quote-unquote, as well as so-called evidence of grooming 
using notoriously unreliable AI-based tools. Bots, you know, etc. Data collection. We've all seen pictures being automatically flagged on social media because an AI tool wrongly thought... wrongly thought an AI tool or some human idiot fact checker, quote unquote, flagged you wrongly on social media for whatever reason, yada, yada, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. That's really all I wanted to read about that story. But people, it's a brave new Orwellian surveillance police state. an oligarchical collectivism of sorts, in the words of Emmanuel Goldstein. A totalitarian dictatorship, if you will. A communist and fascist simultaneously (laughs) world order. That's what's coming. All right, people, let's take a break. And uh, we're going to move on to some quotes and some thoughts, some more quotes and thoughts in the second segment. Thanks for listening. What a crazy world it is out there. Uh, Some of my content is going to start getting crazier. Uh, Just giving you the heads up. And it's also going to get informative. And I'm going to take it back to basics, fundamentals, and repetition, like I've talked about. We're going to have some informative educational shows coming up here in the future. And we're going to have some uh, nut job, tinfoil hat wearing, crazy conspiracy uh, thoughts as well. There's some stuff out there that I don't believe. And I have people that really would like to try to convince me that certain things are real. And... I'm slowly working up to allowing that to occur on my show. You got to practice what you preach, right? I got to I got to face my own cognitive dissonance and I think we all would be doing ourselves a favor to face thoughts and ideas that are uh scary and controversial. You got to have courage. You got to not be a little whiny bitch. Crybaby, naive, gullible, ignorant, idiot, American, dipshit. Don't be that person. I'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify. The global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Welcome back to the show. I wanted to start this segment with uh, something a little positive, at least positive to me. This is from um, 
Lewis Howes, very inspirational guy. And I don't know if he still is dating, but he used to date that uh, Yannette Garcia, that uh, hot meteorologist, I believe. Uh, Here we go. Quote, are you living a rich life by being grateful and expressing gratitude? Or are you living in poverty by constantly complaining for what you don't have? Unquote. Reflect on that. <laughs> it's a great, great question. Easy to say when you're dating uh, the very beautiful uh, Yannette Garcia. (laughs) Are you constantly complaining for what you don't have? Look what I have. (laughs) See, See how you can easily just misconstrue what's intentionally supposed to be a good, positive, uplifting quote? Just by putting your jealousy and opinion on somebody personally rather than on their spiritual or philosophical side of them. See how easy it is to just start ripping people to shreds because of something that lacks inside you, something that is lacking within you. And what do I always say, people? If you want to go if you want to go seek the truth, if you want the truth, you got to look inwardly which wolf wins the one you feed do you feed the cooperative reasonable pragmatic wolf that doesn't want to hurt or steal or do you feed the wolf that wants to hurt and kill and maim and steal which wolf wins of the two wolves fighting within us Within each and every one of us, the one you feed, the one you feed, stop feeding the asshole wolf inside of you. Feed the good wolf. And part of feeding the good wolf inside of you means gaining knowledge, wisdom, and awareness. The price of freedom is eternal vigilance, like it or not. Here's a quote from Alfred North Whitehead. Not ignorance, but ignorance of ignorance is the death of knowledge. (laughs) There are no whole truths. All truths are half-truths. It is trying to treat them as whole truths that plays the devil. I love that quote. Here's a funny one from Frank Zappa. Quote, I think it's really tragic when people get serious about stuff. (laughs) It's such an absurdity to take anything really seriously. I make an honest attempt not to take anything seriously. 
I worked that attitude out about the time I was 18. I mean, what does it all mean when you get right down to it? What's the story here? Because being alive is so weird. <laughs> being alive is weird, man. Uh, here's a quote from Soren Kierkegaard. There are two ways to be fooled. One is to believe what isn't true. And the other is to refuse to accept what is true. Chew on that one, people. Here's a, a nice thought from author Kurt Vonnegut. Uh, and I really like this. Quote, the arts are not a way to make a living. They are a very human way of making life more bearable. Practicing an art, no matter how well or badly, is a way to make your soul grow, for heaven's sake. Sing in the shower, dance to the radio, tell stories, write a poem to a friend, even a lousy poem. Do it as well as you possibly can. You will get an enormous reward. You will have created something. And people, I strongly urge you to focus on the positive more and the negative less. I strongly urge you, my fellow Americans, to start focusing on the good in all of us rather than the bad. It's easy to tear people apart for a small momentary satisfaction of superiority. But you are left every single time with that empty, lonely, dark feeling of uh, unacceptance, inadequacy, not being good enough. And that's a gift. Use that. Your anger is a gift, Zach de la Roca. Your discomfort is a gift. Your pain is a gift. They are your instructors. They are trying to teach you something. It is your job as a human being in this world to learn lessons so that you can grow and achieve and pass on that knowledge and information to posterity so that the future generations can also subsist at the same standard, if not, and God willing, the God's willing, hopefully, the ability to ascend current standards of living. Maybe possibly innovate our way into a better world for everyone. Are we playing God, people? They say, you know, a lot of religions say that man was made in God's image. And if we are in this day and age, in the modern era, 
playing God, if we are becoming more God-like, and if we really were made in the image of the gods, then maybe humanity is just a stepping stone on the way to a benevolent man-machine, i.e. God, life form, perhaps? Is that where we're going? Is humanity just like the larval stage for machines? <laughs> I don't know. Crazy deep stuff to think about. But I think, you know what? I think something to keep in mind, too, that I, I really want to reiterate uh, from the Brzezinski piece I read in the previous segment. What did he reveal, people? They're not, you know, although he said that it's easier to kill a million people than it is to control them, what did he say their goal is? What did he say that they're normally talking about? They're not trying to kill us. That's too easy. They're trying to control us. And they're tearing themselves to pieces in that quest. <laughs> it is not easy to control a million people these days. We're too intelligent and aware. So that's positive, right? That's a positive sign. And maybe there is some humanity within these world planners because if they get fed up, they can just kill us all, right? So if it's so easy, but they don't want to kill us. They want to control us. Maybe in that, in and of itself, that action in and of itself, maybe that's a moral, uh, good conscience speaking. You know, maybe that person feels bad killing people. I doubt it, but just, just, you know, come with me on this ride on this little thought experiment. <laughs> you know, maybe they want to control us because that's more benevolent and that's more merciful <laughs> than just killing us. It's like, it's like just, you know, capital punishment or life in prison, <laughs> which is more humane. That's the question that the aristocrats ask themselves at their secret meetings. <laughs> and this is the real world that we live in, people, you and me, all of us. We live in this world together. <laughs> Here's a quote from Jim Harrison. Oh, man. There's a big... I'm sorry, there's a great deal of nonsense now about how our children can't read. But then how could they, in their terms of imitative behavior, if their parents don't read and there are no books in the house? If books aren't treated as beloved objects, like the sports page or the television, why would a child wish to or care to read? You wonder how disgustingly low-paid teachers must spend their lives trying to overcome parental stupidity. But then, in our money culture, everything is considered merry and bright if the parents show up for their often dismal jobs on time. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, if that isn't a cultural indictment, people, 
I don't know what is. And hey, you know what? I just wanted to throw this in there. I'm not going to talk about this right now. We might have to talk about this in a, a future show. But did you guys hear that apparently the CIA cat recently casually released documents saying that they're that that we are in an energy hologram and astral projection is real. <laughs> Am I in Bizarro World? Am I in the Upside Down? Am I in a parallel universe? Was there a paradigm shift? What is happening? <laughs> oh, here, this is, uh, this will be a breath of fresh air. Uh, this is from Malcolm X, people. Quote, Fools try to ignore facts, but wise men must face facts to remain wise. Fools refuse to change from their silly ways and beliefs, but the mental flexibility of the wise man permits him to keep an open mind and enables him to readjust himself whenever it becomes a necessary necessity for a change, unquote. Uh, and here's one from Robert A. Heinlein. Uh, I like that guy. Quote, wisdom includes not getting angry unnecessarily. The law ignores trifles. And the wise man does too. That's good advice for me. From the Robert A. Heinlein Society. Wisdom includes not getting angry unnecessarily. If you get upset, you probably don't know enough about the topic yet. And I think there's a certain type of anger and being upset that comes with uh, awareness of realities as well, but there's always a smarter way to deal with it and to solve your problems than the use of force, I think is the message that I would like to get across on this topic. This is from Victor Hugo. Peace is the virtue of civilization. And war is its crime. I want to say that again. Listen very carefully to these very few words and how important they are, people. Peace is the virtue of civilization. Peace is the virtue of civilization. Write that down. Maybe make a refrigerator magnet or a bumper sticker out of that. I feel like we probably need to be constantly reminded of that. Peace is the virtue of civilization. And war is its crime. So if we're in a state of perpetual war, people, that means we are being ruled by a set of perpetual criminals. 
And if you don't like my reasoning on that, I don't care. I guess it's my opinion. <laughs> right? My very educated, well-researched opinion. <laughs> Here's a quote from Aldous Huxley. I hate this one. The perfect dictatorship would have the appearance of a democracy, but would basically be a prison without walls in which the prisoners would not even dream of escaping. It would essentially be a system of slavery where through consumption and entertainment, the slaves would love their servitude. People, people, people. Here's a quote from Fulton J. Sheen. Go look up. I think he's a cardinal, if I'm not mistaken, in the Catholic Church. I could be wrong about that. I have to go figure out who Fulton J. Sheen is again. I forgot, but I like this quote. Advertising tries to stimulate our sensuous desires, converting luxuries into necessities. And that's the trickery. That's the fuckery they perpetuate on you. They make you feel like you are less than without. Right? Advertising tries to stimulate our sensuous desires, confer converting luxuries into necessities, theoretically. But it only intensifies man's inner misery. Man's inner misery. If you're miserable, if you're feeling miserable, you probably have to look within. The business world is bent on creating hungers, which its wares never satisfy. And thus, it adds to the frustrations and broken minds of our times. Man, do I love that quote. And this one, this one's kind of deep. Uh, this one's going to dive into the legality of things. Uh, but I found this to be quite interesting. Interesting. Uh, there's a gentleman, there was a gentleman named Billings Learned Hand who lived from 1872 to 1961. Usually simply called Learned Hand was an American judge and judicial philosopher. Judicial philosopher. He served on the United States District Court for the Southern District of New York and later the United States Court of Appeals for the Second Circuit. He was famous as an avid supporter of free speech and for applying economic reasoning to American tort law. He is noted as one of the most influential American judges to have ever served on the Supreme Court of the United States of America. And I want you to listen to this from his speech 
the spirit of liberty. I am an American. Uh, I am an American Day Ceremony, Central Park, New York, May 21st, 1944. I often wonder whether we do not rest our hopes too much upon constitutions, upon laws, and upon courts. These are false hopes. Believe me, these are false hopes. Liberty lies in the hearts of men and women. When it dies there, no constitution, no law, no court, None of it can save it. No constitution, no law, no court can even do much to help it. What is this liberty that must lie in the hearts of men and women? It is not the ruthless or the unbridled will. It is not the freedom to do as one likes. That is the denial of liberty and leads straight to its overthrow. A society in which men recognize no check on their freedom soon becomes a society where freedom is the possession of only a savage few, as we have learned thus far to our sorrow. Billings Learned Hand, former Supreme Court Justice of the United States of America, people. I got to read this one more time. This is what I'm going to be, uh, this is what is going to be my parting thought for the day before we move on to some punk rock, okay? Pay very close attention to what this man is trying to tell you. I often wonder whether we do not rest our hopes too much upon constitutions, upon laws, and upon courts. These are false hopes. Believe me, these are false hopes. Liberty lies in the hearts of men and women. When it dies there, no constitution no law, and no court can save it. No constitution, no law, and no court can even do much to help it. What is this liberty that must lie in the hearts of men and women? It is not the ruthless, the unbridled will, as it is not the freedom to do as one likes. That is the denial of liberty and responsibility and freedom, and leads straight to its overthrow. A society in which men recognize no check on their freedom soon becomes a society where freedom is the possession. They own you. You have owners. A society in which men recognize no check on their freedom soon becomes a society where freedom is the possession of only a savage few.
as we have learned to our sorrow. My fellow Americans, those who fail to learn from history are condemned to repeat it. And there is nothing new in this world except the history you do not know. People, ha <laughs> it's time to play some punk rock. Alright everybody, welcome back. It's time to play some punk rock. Uh, but before we get to some punk rock, I got a few more things I wanted to read. I want to get it in. Here we go. Have you heard about this? Operation Popeye. You ever heard about this? Apparently, allegedly... Operation Popeye was a highly classified weather modification program sponsored by globalist Henry Kissinger and the CIA. The cloud-seeding operation during the Vietnam War ran from March 20th, 1967 until July 5th, 1972. The operation increased total rainfall by 50% and extended the monsoon season by about 30 to 45 days, specifically over areas of the Ho Chi Minh Trail. This is just one example of weather modification being used by governments. <laughs> you believe that? <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, here's one from Edward Bernays. If we understand the mechanism and motives of the group mind, it is now possible to control and regiment the masses according to our will, without them knowing it. <laughs> That's old. I know we've been over that. And I like this one. If there is chaos and confusion everywhere and nothing makes any sense, there is probably a sociopath at the helm. That was by Michelle Parsons. <laughs> I like that. The economic value of a man's work is determined on a free market by a single principle. By the voluntary consent of those who are willing to trade him their work or products in return. This is the moral meaning of the law of supply and demand, Ayn Rand. Of course. Here's one from Mercy Otis Warren. Self-defense is a primary law of nature, which no subsequent law of society can abolish. I love that. You should be able to defend yourself. 
I like this one from Ben Franklin. I've said this before. Ignorance leads men into a party and shame keeps them from getting out. (laughs) And here's one from Harry Brown I really like. It is well known that in war, the first casualty is truth. That during any war, truth is forsaken for propaganda. But sanity was a prior casualty. It was the loss of sanity that led to war in the first place. Our foreign policy has been insane for decades. It was only a matter of time until Americans would have to suffer personally for it. It is a terrible tragedy of life that the innocent so often have to suffer for the sins of the guilty. And that's just a little piece of why I love Harry Brown so much. The government now decides who breathes fresh air, who can travel, and who's allowed to work. If you read any history books, this only ends one way. If the public doesn't awaken. It's best people write a different ending before the regular ending comes to pass. That was from Jason Kristoff. We better get smart, people. It's our responsibility to do something. Always remember, people, that the crowd that applauds your coronation is the same crowd that will applaud at your beheading. Terry Pratchett said that. It is the nature of the wise to resist pleasures, but the foolish to be a slave to them. Don't be a slave to your pleasures, people. That was Epictetus. Okay, I think I'm done for the day. In a future podcast, I'm going to do an entire episode of quotes by Thomas Sowell. If you don't know who Thomas Sowell is, don't worry. I'm going to do an entire episode on him. And uh, hope you guys liked the show today. Let's turn up the optimism and the fun and play some punk rock. So today, people, I'm going to do a little feature of some more of my music, but this is not from my old band, Nonprofit. Uh, I was reminiscing on my SoundCloud page uh, today, and I forgot about some old stuff I was doing with my band, The Launch, here in Minneapolis. A couple songs that I haven't heard in a long time that I found old recordings of. I found a pre-production song, uh, which is just me experimenting with melody and harmony and a few random screams uh, on this song, Someday, that we used to play. And it's just, it's kind of like a remixed version of the song, if anyone who's heard the song before knows that song. Uh, The version I'm going to play for you guys today is literal, unfinished pre-production recordings. So... 
If you want to hear what recordings sound like before they get all polished up and nicely finished and perfectly produced, <laughs> uh, you'll get a little taste of that in this uh, recording. Uh, but the first song I want to play for you today, guys, I played on uh, one of my first episodes. I think it was like episode six or seven where uh, I think I took it down because it was unfixable. Uh, because I can't remember what song I played on there. I played a couple songs on there that I could get in trouble for. I didn't have the rights to. Uh, so I think I deleted this episode altogether. But on that episode, I played for you guys one of, one of my original songs called This Is How It Ends. And I really like the lyrics to this song. And um, it's a pretty decent acoustic recording of uh, a fast punk rock song. And so I'm going to play it for you guys again today. I hope you like this song. I really like the lyrics to this track. Uh, this is one of my modern day revolution songs. And I hope you all enjoy it. Here we go. Here's an Andrew for America original. Here's my acoustic version of my song. This is how it ends. One, two. One, two, ready, go. Should it be so hard to find happiness? Please believe the stories about you and me and everyone. We better wake up from this dreamy state before it's too late. When your family's on the run, the battle has begun. A few of us are keeping everything for themselves. And I can't stomach the fact we're gonna let this Get the 
I can't stomach the fact We're gonna let this mother Go up in flames Today, apocalyptic rage The planets at the stage better way to lend a hand? Are we just gluttons for punishment? Another day goes by, I still don't understand. Should it be so hard to find happiness? Please believe this story is about you and me and everyone. We better wake up from this dreamy state before it's too late. When your family's on the run, the battle has begun. A few of us are keeping everything for themselves. And I can't stomach the fact we're going to let this mother go up in flames. Today, apocalyptic rage. The planners set the stage. Complicit we became. But now, we will not break. We will not bend. We know that this is how it ends. Is there a better way to understand that right and wrong ain't hard to comprehend? Another year goes by and not a thing has changed. We are led by the totally deranged. Please believe this story is about you and me and everyone. We better wake up from this dreamy state before it's too late. When your family's on the run, the battle has begun. A few of us are keeping everything for themselves. And I can't stomach the fact we're going to let this mother go up in flames. Today, apocalyptic rage. The planners set the stage. Complicit we became. But now we will not break. We will not bend. We know that this is how it ends. Hope you guys like that song. I think it's very uh, pertinent <laughs> uh, lyrics to the present day. The, the stuff that's going on in our world, right? Anyway, I know you guys have heard that. I know I've probably read those lyrics a couple times on the show. I just wanted to do it one more time. Like I said, I was reminiscing. I was going over some old songs. And speaking of that... Um, I found this recording of my band, The Launches, uh, song, Someday, and I have more lyrics to this song that, than you will hear in this version. Like I said, this was a version where we were trying to get the arrangement right, and I was experimenting with harmonies and melodies and some random screamy parts, and uh, this is an unfinished, unpolished, unfurbished song. And it'll just give uh, some of my listeners who aren't really familiar with music production a little taste of what a song that is not completely ready yet sounds like. <laughs> uh, or a song in pre-production, which means that we're just jamming uh, on the arrangement of a song basically until we get 
a radio-friendly version, I guess. You know, you want to do this part two times or four times. You want to do this part four times or eight times. What are your transitions going to be? Yada, yada, et cetera, et cetera, right? You know, music stuff, fun stuff. So let's have some fun listening to some old unfinished B-sides and rarities and stuff that never quite made the album, I guess, (laughs) from my old band, uh, The Launch. This is one of my originals. Here's a crappy pre-production version of one of my old songs entitled Someday. Under control Soon there'll be no escape Someone's been waiting patiently The plan is working perfectly And where are you in all of this? No, it's unbelievable The truth ain't got no place to hide The question is what will you do? Change it out Make the eyes of the thousand to see What you're really going on It's up to you, it's up to me Someday we'll change it out Make the eyes of the thousand to see What you're really going on It's up to you, it's up to me Is your life what you choose to be? This is your life In all of this, no, it's unbelievable. The truth ain't got no place to hide. The question is, what will you do? Someday we'll change it all. Make the eyes of the battle been to see what's really going up to you, it's up to me, someday we'll change it out, make the eyes of the battlefield to see what's really going on, it's up to you, it's up to me. people. (laughs) Ah, memories. Taking a walk down memory lane. I like episodes like this where I just kind of do my thing. It's fun. Uh, Here, I want to read these lyrics to you too. I really like the lyrics to this song. Uh, Someday. Here we go. Under control. Soon there'll be no escape. Someone's been waiting patiently. The plan is working perfectly. And where are you in all of this? 
I know it's unbelievable, but the truth don't have no place to hide. The question is, what will you do now that you've seen the light? It's shining bright for those who make the choice. Kneel and bow or stand and fight. If you believe, then sing it loud with me. Someday we'll change it all. Make the eyes of the blind open to see what's really going on. It's up to you. It's up to me. This is your life. You are what you choose to be. This is your life. And where are you in all of this? I know it's unbelievable. But the truth ain't got no place to hide. The question is, what will you do now that you've seen the light? It's shining bright for those who make the choice. Kneel and bow or stand and fight. If you understand, then sing it loud with me. Someday we'll change it all. Make the eyes of the blind open to see what's really going on. It's up to you. It's up to me. You know, I like that track. And I hope you do too. That was a crappy, unfinished pre-production version of my old band, The Launches, song, Someday. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to data dump this stuff and get it all into this episode. Uh, if you guys don't like my music, uh, I apologize. We're going to listen to a couple more songs. And uh, this is, I guess, maybe maybe more for me than it is for you. I don't know. Hope you guys are still listening. I hope you like this stuff. Uh, I want to play this song. This is a, a kind of a cool poppy punk song that my old band, The Launch, did that... Uh, I didn't do the lead singing for. I actually sang the backing vocals on this song. And uh, my old guitar player, Pete, actually this is his song he brought to the table. And he wanted to sing this one. So uh, Pete took uh, a lead fiddle and I took second fiddle on this track. And this version you can very faintly hear me in the background, but I'm there. You can hear my backing vocals on here. And... Uh, this isn't this wasn't a completely finished version of the song either. This was kind of a live recording version. Uh, but I think it's good. And like I said, I haven't heard this stuff in a long time. And uh, I know some of you guys like the B-sides and the rarities and the the unfinished uh, on radio ready tracks that bands have put out in the past. So hopefully you guys are liking this stuff. Take a listen to this. This is a song called First Broken Heart with uh, my old guitarist Pete on lead vocals. I'm singing harmony on this track. And this was by my old band, The Launch, from here in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Here we go. This is First Broken Heart. Hi, I know it's weird. But I've been thinking about you lately It's like you just disappeared Can we talk? It's been too long Yeah, we went from feeling so close Now I'm feeling too alone Know that this ain't easy But I can't help you at 
I used to love singing that. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> Didn't want to be your first broken heart. Whoa, whoa. Okay, enough of that. And I had to be the one to say goodbye. Goodbye. Oh, man. Those were the days, people. <laughs> Sorry, I'm kind of cheesing out. I'm just kind of cheesing out right now. And uh, Actually, singing harmony is fun. Sometimes I'd rather just like come out on stage and do harmony parts over the lead singer. Just for fun. So any of you guys want me to just come out? Any lead vocalists out there want me to just show up and do some backing vocals? Let me know. <laughs> I love singing harmony. It's fun. Um, all right, I got to play this one more song. Uh, I forgot all about this song. I couldn't believe... We had this recording still on up on on my SoundCloud page uh, when I went back and was looking at the, some of this stuff. Uh, this is a song called "There Ought to Be a Law" <laughs> uh, by my old band, The Launch. And I don't even know what I was writing about. I think I wrote about just like some hot girl walking by, mesmerizing a bunch of dudes. I guess there ought to be a law against how hot these chicks are. <laughs> Oh, you're such a misogynist, Andrew. Talking about hot chicks. Oh, geez, let's go get some chicks. Nah, you guys, it's just an artistic rendition. It's a song. It's a creative art piece. I'm not being an asshole to anybody. <laughs> let's go cruise for some chicks, dudes. Yeah, let's be douchebags. Okay, I'm just kidding. Here we go. This is kind of a cool track, and this is my last one. Uh, here's a song called There Ought to Be a Law that is part cool punk rock and part kind of comical. Here we go.
ought to be a law, the human race. There ought to be a law, because we're a big disgrace. (laughs) Oh, people. This has been episode 94 of the Politics and Punk Rock Podcast. I am Andrew for America. I love you guys. Thanks for listening. Go to the website, politicsandpunkrockpodcast.com. Buy a t-shirt. Donate to the show. Read the show notes that are coming soon. Go to the website. Just uh, kidding. I already said that. Send me an email. Andrew for America 1984 at gmail.com. Go check me out on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Gab, Rumble, BitChute, Odyssey, MeWe, YouTube. Just getting up and running on YouTube. I think I got like two things posted so far. Coming soon to Getter and Parlor, maybe. We'll see. Got to do a little bit more vetting. But uh, we'll see. Uh, That's the show, guys. Thanks for uh, listening through my little quick walk down memory lane for my old band, The Launch, and some of my old originals. Hope you guys like that stuff. Uh, Hope you guys like the show. That's it. Go listen to good podcasters. Turn off the mainstream media. Get smart. Be courageous. Face your fears. For you, for me, for all of us. I love you guys. Thanks again so much for listening. Good night. We'll see you next time. This has been episode 94 of the Politics Some more news, quotes, and thoughts. We'll see you next time.